What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. going on hogline nation welcome back to the hogline podcast i'm your host today mitchell manis and unusually i'm not joined by anyone this is a solo episode as you can see from the title of this episode i'll be ranking a fantasy football league a dynasty startup draft that happened a couple months ago but i'll get to that in a second um yeah so if this league if you're in it this episode's for you. If not, you may not get much out of it, but if you're a fantasy football sicko like me, you want to stay tuned. So today, as you see, I'll be ranking the GV Dynasty League. What's up, boys? I have looked at all your teams, and I have at least attempted to rank them. It was very difficult to do, um, so I'll get to all that in a second. But I'm going to be breaking down each team. I have the rosters in front of me here and kind of sharing some players that I think I like, some that I don't, um, and where you fall in my eyes for what that's worth in in the uh, power rankings of the league. Now, I wrote a monologue here. I wrote this back when you guys completed your startup draft. Um, so I have amended it since because it was a little outdated as of a couple months ago. But I will read it to you anyway. So here you go. This is a, a little monologue that I've written, and I think uh, it'll get you excited for football, which by the time you're hearing this, Thursday night game may have already happened or is currently happening or just about to happen. So if you're not on my level of excitement, hopefully this monologue brings you to my level of excitement. <clears throat> here we go. The dawn of a fresh NFL season slowly inches upon us. In August, the biggest blue balls ever filled our sacks, that being preseason football. Fear not, as we have moved past exhibition games, tomorrow we will kick off a new season and the fantasy points will count for real. A season, this season, the 2023 NFL season, surely will bring new, compelling, and unforeseen storylines, moments, and exciting plays. The 2023 season will be unique, however. It marks the inaugural season of your Dynasty League. The startup draft came and went, and you 14 young men filled out your rosters, each of them filled with optimism. However, as we know, 
Only one worthy team can be crowned champions in December. It will be a war of attrition, a battle of high-octane offensive bouts, and twists and turns of pure ecstasy and utter heartbreak. I present to you the GV Dynasty League preseason power rankings. Hope that gave you goosebumps. <laughs> Hopefully, I, that, that would be good to play over some dramatic music there. Also, I wrote a little disclaimer as I kind of prefaced a, a couple minutes ago. This was very, very, very difficult to do. I mean, I, I think all teams after a startup usually look fairly even on paper. So there's still not too much, you know, I, I don't know what to how to say this, but difference between the top team and the bottom team. If I have you at the bottom, just know, don't take it personally, first of all. And also, also know that with a few sharp moves, you can easily ascend these rankings, field a contending team, and prove me wrong. So just use it as motivation. But again, don't take it personally because I like all these teams. And usually after a startup, you know, for the most part, everything is fairly even, as I said. All right. Enough messing around. It's time to get down to the rankings. We will start off. I'm going to go in descending order. I decided that right now. I'm going to go with the 14th best team, which that's crazy, by the way. I've never been in a dynasty or redraft league that's 14 teams. I've been, I'm in a guillotine league, if anyone's familiar with that, which is, you know, and there's no matchups. Everyone um, puts out their lineup, and the lowest scoring each team gets eliminated and has to drop all, drop all of their players. It's quite fun. If you've never done it, I would highly recommend. But in a regular redraft or dynasty league, 14 teams, that's... It's going to be different. Teams teams are uh, definitely not as... Uh, the depth, I think, which I'll get into as I go through the teams, is the biggest difference, right? I don't think... There's not many too, too many guys you can rely upon that are on the bench. So I think that's definitely where the difference lies. But anyway, I'm going to go in descending order, 14 down to 1. Or up to 1. I don't know what the right way to say that would be. But... We're going to start with our 14th ranked team, and I hate to do this. I, I don't want to you know, criticize anyone too much because there's, there's some good players on every team here. But the 14th team I have is Jared. Jared, he's, a, he's, a, he's been on the show, been on Hogline before, um, has called in, got his reaction for uh, the Titans draft. He's a Titans fan, and just by first glance of his team, you can clearly tell he's a Titans fan. He drafted... Traylon Burks, Chiga Kwonkwu, and uh, I see Kyle Phillips down there, Malik Willis. So there's a lot of Titans on here. Um, maybe too many for my liking. But anyway, let's let's read off his his starting lineup. And if you've made adjustments to your starting lineup since, um, I apologize. I'm just reading these lineups as they were sent to me. So quarterback, you've got Aaron Rodgers. Uh, running back, Bijan Robinson, Kenneth Walker, uh, wide receivers, DK Metcalf, Brandon Ayuk, Traylon Burks, tight end, Chig Okwankwu, Flex, Kadarius Tony, and also Brian Robinson. Um, some notable bench players. We got Sam Howell, who I like a lot. Uh, Jeff Wilson, who got added to the short-term IR to start the season. He'll have to miss the first four games. Zamir White. Nice handcuff for Josh Jacobs um, and a couple young guys as well I can touch on. But 
Let's start with the team. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, if, if you've listened to any other Hogline episodes, particularly that we talk about the Jets or even our AFC preview, you would know I'm not super high on them. I think I, I wouldn't necessarily qu- like classify myself in the Aaron Rodgers is washed camp. I know that's certainly a, there's a group of people that think that way. However, I do think we're going to start to see a decline. I mean, if you just look at his stats last year, 36, 95 yards, which is the lowest he's had in the season since 2015. Um, the worst touchdown interception ratio he's had since his first year starting in 2008. QBR was 39.3, which is the lowest of his career by a large margin. Um, there's just a lot of data points that I don't really like. I'm also not a big fan. I don't think it's going to quite work in New York. But anyway, this is a one quarterback league. It's not quite as not. I mean, obviously, clearly not as important as a superflex league, the quarterback position. But got some young guys, Malik Willis. I don't have too much faith in, considering how his rookie year went. Didn't really get much of a chance, but didn't look good in the in the time he was on the field. Sam Howell is someone I really like a lot. I think that. He is a very underrated. He was very underrated as a prospect. I think he has he had no business falling to the fifth round of the 2022 draft. I think he's got underrated mobility. I think he could definitely develop uh, as a as a low end quarterback one if things go right with him this year. Um, but that's how I look at Jared's quarterback situation. The running backs, obviously, Bijan Robinson. He's the most coveted dynasty asset especially at the running back position right now. So it's hard not to love Bijan. I mean, he should be a dominant force for at least the duration of his rookie contract and probably another three, four years after that. I mean, that's the way I view him as of now. I mean, the only the only running backs that even compare to him as a prospect are Saquon Barkley and Adrian Peterson in terms of the hype they've received coming out of college. Ken Walker, uh, Pretty solid rookie year, and I'm sure Jared is very disappointed uh, when, well, never mind. You guys did this draft after the NFL draft, but especially I know the Kenneth Walker uh, teams in my leagues that had him in Dynasty Leagues were definitely very disappointed when they drafted Zach Charbonnet because, you know, you'd want Ken Walker to have the backfield all for himself, but still a talented player. And uh, he should definitely see his fair share of opportunities. DK Metcalf, uh, obviously an insanely talented player. Um, it's a good offense. I'm slightly worried that, you know, Tyler Lockett, I love, and Jath- Jackson Smith and Jigba is my favorite prospect in this year's wide receiver class. He's insanely talented. So there are a lot of mouths to feed, but he should still, you know, he's going to pop off some wings, he's going to rip off some going to catch some 60 yard touchdowns or something like that. It just maybe a little bit inconsistent um, than Jared is hoping for. Brandon Ayuk, same thing. A lot of mouths to feed in San Francisco. I love the talent. I think he's a top five route runner in the league, but I, I am a little bit worried. I have Brandon Ayuk on my main dynasty team as well. So I am certainly not coming at this from a biased perspective, but I'm a little worried that he'll be a better football player than he has a fantasy football asset. Um, 
Traylon Burks, I've uh, I've spoken out. I'm not a huge fan of his in terms of what he can do on the field. Um, but again, I've been wrong before many times, so maybe he can prove me wrong on that front. Um, Okonkwu had a very solid rookie season last year. I mean, didn't do too much, but it's hard for rookie tight ends to make a big impact. But I'm optimistic for him. He's very athletic. And, uh, you know, Burks as well. I, I forgot to mention when I was talking about him a second ago, he does have a little bit of an injury concern going into this season, but he should be all right. Um, I think he's, you know, progressing well on that front. In terms of his bench, I mean, I said it in the beginning of the show here that all of these benches are not great, you know, considering the size of the league. So, but I, I mentioned how I like him a lot. Uh, Zamir White, I mean, he's one Josh Jacobs injury away from seeing probably 12 to 15 touches a week. So, you know, you never want to root for injuries, but that's why you take the backup running backs um, in the event that the starter goes down. Kyle Phillips, I think, is uh, going to be a decent slot receiver for Tennessee. But again, low volume passing offense down there in Tennessee. And, um, you know, you can't really rely on him. Josh Downs. Um, Third round pick from Indianapolis this year. It'll be interesting to see how everything works in in Indianapolis this year. I mean, I I'm just, you know, many reasons why I'm excited for football season, but seeing how Anthony Richardson is gonna look in the NFL is one of the main storylines that I'm looking for. I think it's gonna be so fascinating to see how he plays real life perspective and his passing and decision making, how much that'll progress year one. And also just from a fantasy perspective with running, which we'll get to later on when we uh, get to Nestro's team. But anyway, I'm a little skeptical of how good of a passer he's going to be early on in his career. So that definitely could limit Josh Downs' uh, upside. Also got Jelani Woods there, so same kind of deal with him. But overall, I mean, again, it's hard not to like B. John Robinson. Um, It feels weird ranking the team with Robinson on it. Last, but again, I think overall, you know, outside of Bijan, I can't really say there's any surefire guys that I can really say. I mean, I, you know, obviously there's DK Metcalf and Brandon Ayuk, they're good players, but again, in terms of the, the star power and slightly more depth at other teams, that's why I had Jared last. Sorry, Jared, don't hate me, please. Anyway, we'll be moving on here to our 13th ranked team. And this is a guy who I don't know, but he has been saying many times in your group chat that he would uh, rank himself last. But we have Zach coming in at 13. So I don't have you quite last, Zach, but you're towards the bottom, unfortunately. But I'll read Zach's team. Uh, Joe Burrow, quarterback. Nick Chubb, Samaje P. Ryan. And uh, potentially Javante Williams at running back. We've got Garrett Wilson, Keenan Allen, and Michael Thomas at receiver. George Kittle at tight end. And uh, Jacoby Myers, David, Devon A-Chain in the flex. Um, probably could put either Samaje or Javante, depending on you know how that backfield shakes out in the flex as well. Some notable bench players. we got Jared Goff, definitely a decent quarterback, two to have. Sean Tucker, Sean, excuse me, Sean Tucker has been getting some some positive reports coming out of uh, Tampa Bay's training camp and preseason. 
he could definitely be the number two back in Tampa, which I don't know how how valuable that will be because I don't expect the offense to be pr- very productive in the slightest with Baker at the helm. Marvin Mims definitely could see some looks early on with the Judy injury, him missing the first few games of the season. Um, Taysom Hill I'm looking at here. He's definitely a wild card. He could easily pop off for a 20, 25 point week, but most weeks he's going to see, you know, three points or less probably. So, you know, don't know what to expect out of him. I mean, going back to the starting lineup, Joe Burrow, um, again, I, I mean, clearly he's a top three to five real life quarterback. I think I'm slightly more, slightly down on him compared to the fantasy community just because he doesn't run as much as the guys like at the top, like, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, you know, but again, prolific passer, great offense. Can't really complain too much on when Joe Burrow's in your starting lineup. Nick Chubb, again, this is a full PPR league, and uh, Nick Chubb hasn't caught as many passes as the top guys. It's kind of preventing him from finishing in like the top three range. But Nick Chubb, I mean, again, probably the best pure running back in the NFL running behind a top five offensive line in the league. I mean, no Kareem Hunt anymore. So he's got every, he's going to dominate the touches in the backfield. Not that he, you know, was underutilized before, but he just, you know, he's going to see a massive workload, especially this year in 2023. And yeah, I feel, I think Chubb's going to be a great pick, especially in redraft leagues as well. You know, he's getting a little bit up there in age in terms of running back years. I think he's 27, turning 28 in the season, if I'm not mistaken. But again, Nick Chubb is a locked and loaded RB1. Running back death is a slightly concerning. I mean, you have the two Broncos guys, and uh, I'm also not super high on the Broncos this year. But again, Javante Williams, very talented back. Liked what we saw of him in his rookie season in 2021 and that first game or two last year. But again, you got to temper expectations with the with a back coming from a ACL tear. In terms of wide receivers, I mean Garrett Wilson, very strong rookie uh, rookie season, one rookie of the year and uh, season. I know it just kind of criticized Rodgers a little bit, but you know there's no. No denying that he's obviously an upgrade over what they had last year. So he should continue to progress and uh, be a top 8-10 to 10 receiver in fantasy in year two for Garrett Wilson. Keenan Allen, not the most sexy name, but again, he's been productive. He is, I think, entering his age 31 season. Could be wrong on that, but if I'm, I know it's pretty close to that. He's had a little bit of trouble staying healthy. He finished the year amazingly last year. I wish I knew exactly what his finish was when he returned to the field, but he was really on a tear last year. I don't think people realize that, but hopefully for Zach's sake, that can continue and he can stay healthy. I uh, I had Michael Thomas during his all-pro, all-world season in 2019 where he broke the catch record and you know had a billion yards, but he's only played 10 games in the past three seasons. So I have no expectations for him. Honestly, if he can 
you know, just stay healthy for half the games at this point. That would be a plus in my book. So unfortunately, I, I think anyone that has Michael Thomas on their team, if they're not thinking the way I'm thinking in terms of just not expecting anything at this point, I think they're being foolish. I think we, you know, anyone who has them is probably just chasing the the allure of 2019. But again, maybe there's a rebound in store. I, I'm not too optimistic on that that front. George Kittle, uh, I think he was tight end too last year. I, Hawkinson held that for a, a while, but I think Kittle finishes the tight end too, if I'm not mistaken. I think he, with his late season push, tops Hawkinson. So he's still just as good as he was. Um, I know he's dealing with a little bit of groin injury right now, but again, he should, if he's healthy, be a top three to five tight end for sure. Again, I, I like having P. Ryan in there in the mix. I think he could definitely be a serviceable back, but again, the rest of the names I'm looking here at the bench, we got Sean Tucker, who, how much faith can you have in an undrafted running back? I know he's productive at college, but still undrafted nonetheless. Um, not too high on Marvin Mims. And again, you got names like Rakeem Jarrett, Kayshawn Boutte, uh, Chase Brown. So some rookies in there, but definitely some flyer rookies, if you will. So I think things will have to fall their way if they're going to see any type of valuable snaps in this year and uh, and beyond. We will move on here to our 12th ranked team. And it's James. James, I really like your team. It's just, I don't think anyone has hit. And again, I'm going to get to it in a second here. I don't think anyone has had a tougher offseason here than James. I mean, having Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. And guess what? My main dynasty team that I referenced when, when I was talking about Jared's team I have Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, so I completely empathize with you. And it just sucks, man. I mean, Colt's situation, I could I could have a whole entire episode dedicated to that and how moronic Jim Mersey is in that whole situation. But Jonathan Taylor did not get traded, landed on the IR, going to miss the first four games. Cooper Cup re-aggravated his hamstring strain and He's definitely ruled out week one. They just said that earlier today, and he's even a potential IR candidate still, so he could miss the first four games. And I mean, hamstrings and injuries are the worst. They just linger and linger, and it's just unfortunate. If those two guys were healthy, I think I would have a whole different perspective about this team. But again, it's going to be a big blow. I mean, Cup, he's, getting, he's not getting any younger, and... I'm really worried at this point of how the rest of his career is going to play out. Jonathan Taylor still has some tread on the tires. I mean, he's still only, what, 24, 25. So once his situation gets resolved, whether he gets traded or the Colts come to their senses and pay him, he could definitely still be a valuable asset you know, going forward. I'm just not too optimistic for this season at this point. And that's unfortunate because this team, other than two, is still pretty decent. I mean, I'll just read the rest of the starting lineup here. We got Bryce Young at the quarterback slot. So definitely one of the weaker quarterback rooms. I mean, I like Bryce Young, but you can't really rely on a rookie quarterback. Um, 
Also paired with him, you got Jimmy Garoppolo and Desmond Ritter. Jonathan Taylor, James Conner, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Jalen Warren. That's actually not too bad of a running back core. And if JT was healthy, I think it'd be, you know, top five in this league, but unfortunately he's not. Um, Cooper Cup, Chris Olave, Jordan Addison uh, at the wide receiver slots there. I mean, Olave and Addison, two young guys who I have high hopes for. Olave had over 1,000 yards last year in the rookie season. Jordan Addison will never be double teamed with Justin Jefferson on the other side of him. And he's a very good route runner in his own right. So, I mean, I love that receiver core. Again, it just would look a lot better if Cooper Cup was healthy, clearly. I know I keep harping on that, but got Cole Komet at tight ends. Um, I don't see him as a, a league winning tight end, but again, he's going to give you solid production and be a low end tight end one. So, I mean, you can't really complain too much on that front. Isaiah Pacheco, he was a guy who I also had last year on my dynasty team, but I kind of panicked and traded him just because I'm like, I'm not too optimistic. I'm always, I'm always worried that a team's going to replace low draft capital running backs with higher end draft capital running backs. And, uh, Chiefs didn't really do that. So Pacheco survives at least another year. He should be in line to have another productive 2023. So he should be a solid flex option. Definitely could slot in, in the RB spot uh, pretty nicely when uh, Jonathan Taylor's not in the lineup. The bench, I mean, I mentioned Jalen Warren. I think he's going to have, he probably will have standalone value, even if uh Najee still remains healthy he's just too good not to i mean he's just dynamic he's a good pass protector he can catch the ball well um very strong decisive runner so i'm just a big jalen warren fan overall and the rest of the rest of the bench i mean not too many names that stuck out to me curtis samuels kind of stuck behind those other two guys in uh washington and they just signed jameson crowder to the practice squad i don't know if he factors in terms of taking targets away from Samuel Paris Campbell has been, you know, made of glass, unfortunately. So he is not, I don't expect anything from him. Darnell Washington, very intriguing prospect, but again, I think he's going to be more of a blocker, especially, you know, with all those mouths to feed in Pittsburgh with the wide receivers and fryer moves. So overall, James, I like your team. I wanted to put you higher, but I just, you know, me and you both, man, we both got hit by the, uh, the Cup and Jonathan Taylor saga that's been unfolding in front of our eyes the past month. So, you know, we'll survive. We'll survive. Better days ahead. Moving on here to our 11th ranked team, we have Nick Drake. Nick Drake is uh, always, he, he's, a, he's a big fan of Hogline. We appreciate the support. Um, but again, definitely some decent players here i mean there's one position group in his lineup that is the glaring weakness which i'll get to in a second but got lamar jackson dak prescott and mac jones at quarterback um lamar should you know he's got his contract he's locked and loaded in in baltimore for the foreseeable future so he should be as dynamic as ever hopefully he can just stay on the field i mean he's missed i think he's missed 10 games in the past two seasons, I could be wrong, but I know it's around there. But again, when he's on the field, he's dynamic. He's running for probably 60, 70 yards a game. And he's just an overall 
great fantasy quarterback to have. Dak Prescott, um, definitely solid backup. I mean, he could, if Lamar were to miss time, I think Dak's definitely not the worst option you can go with here. Mac Jones, I'm not expecting anything from at all. Uh, the running backs, which I prefaced a second ago, definitely the weakest part of the team. Got Alexander Madison and Rashad White, which just by scanning the rest of the starting lineups, I don't think there's a worse starting pair. Maybe Nestro, which I'll get to in a little bit here. But I mean, Alexander Madison, he is going to have an opportunity with Dalvin Cook leaving. But I do have my doubts of how well he can, you know, if he can keep that starting role. I mean, he's not the most explosive back, hasn't been very efficient, but we'll see. I mean, he's got the opportunity for sure. I just, I wouldn't be too optimistic past this year. I think they could definitely bring in someone to replace him, um, you know, in 2024. So that's Madison. Rashad White, I know he's also kind of in a similar situation as Madison where he's kind of all alone. In Tampa Bay, again, I, I, I don't think that offense is going to be very productive. I also don't think Rashad White's as good as some people think he is. So I think he's another back that could be replaced in 2024. Um, you're looking at the bench here. Michael Carter, Ty Chandler, Zach Evans, Tajay Spears. We've got some rookies in there. But again, going to need some injuries probably or very poor play from the guys in front of them f- uh, uh, for them to see you know, valuable work at some point in the season. Receivers, pretty good though. I mean, Jamar Chase, he's the probably my wide receiver too in Dynasty startups. I mean, obviously behind Jeff- Justin Jefferson, but he's ranked as the wide receiver two in Dynasty startups on Fantasy Pros. And I think for redraft purposes, he is also the wide receiver two in most sites as well. So, I mean, him and Burrow have that insane chemistry. He's going to continue to be productive and uh, only thing stopping him is injury which you could say about any player pretty much. Calvin Ridley, you know, comes back after missing pretty much a year and a half um, for mental health reasons slash suspension. But I, I'm pretty optimistic he's going to return to exactly the player he was pre all of that in Atlanta. He finds a new home in Jacksonville. Um, he should be the alpha there and see plenty of targets. So, I'm I love having Ridley as a wide receiver too. I think that's great. Also have Hollywood Brown and Cortland Sutton, two receivers I have on my dynasty team. Um I've got mixed feelings about them personally. Cortland Sutton should definitely see a preseason not preseason, beginning of the season boost um while Jerry Judy's still recovering from his injury. Hollywood Brown, talented receiver, but again, it's going to be probably tremendously affected by quarterback play when Josh Dobbs is in there and maybe even Clayton Toon will see the field at some point before Kyler comes back. So wouldn't expect much from Hollywood until Kyler returns to the field. Um, Nick has Mark Andrews. So he's got that Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews stack, which could be very valuable. I mean, when those two are on, they're firing on all cylinders. I mean, Lamar's a guy that could average 20 to 25 points and Mark Andrews could average you know, around 14, 15, 16 points a week if everything's right. So that's uh, outside of Mahomes and Kelsey. That's the best stack at the quarterback tight end position by far. So love that. Um, I mentioned some of the bench running backs, you know, receivers, not too much of note there. 
Justin Ross has definitely had an impressive preseason and training camp. So we'll see if that can continue. I know what Kansas city definitely needs a receiver to step up um, and solidify themselves as, as kind of Mahomes' go-to target outside of Kelsey, but maybe Justin Ross can be that guy. I don't know. We will see. Tank Dell, another name that caught my eye. He was a prospect that I wasn't super high on. Didn't know too much about him, really, coming into the draft. I just knew the knock on him was his size. But again, he's he's looked really good in preseason. I've been very impressed from what I saw. Definitely got separation. And uh, I know it was against mostly backups in the preseason, but still, you know, you like to see him playing well. Definitely could um, be CJ Stroud's guy. So hopefully he can develop into something there. But overall, I think this team definitely has some bright spots. It's just the running backs, I think, are ultimately going to hinder Nick unless he uh, makes a move. Moving right along here, number 10, uh, we got Shreff. My third co-host, Mr. Andrew Schreffler. This is where I start. To, I think there could be a tier. Um, I think these next couple teams could be on their own tier. Uh, Shreff, I'll read. I'll just read the starting lineup real quick. Trevor Lawrence, James Cook, Jameer Gibbs, Devontae Smith, Drake London, Jahan Dotson, Sam Laporta, or potentially Juwan Johnson at the tight end slot and Rashad Bateman, Antonio Gibson in the flex. Now, this is an interesting team. Very young. I mean, you're looking at all these guys. Trevor Lawrence, third year. James Cook, second year. Jameer Gibbs, rookie. Devontae Smith, third year. Drake London, second year. Jahan Dotson, second year. Sam LaPorta, rookie. I mean, that's a very young team. And the reason why I had Shreff at 10 so, which is, you know, on the bottom half of the rankings is none of these guys have really solidified themselves as like fantasy superstars, right? You have Devontae Smith finishes a low end wide receiver one. And I think he's a, Devontae Smith is tremendous. I mean, what do he have? 1,100 yards last year. I'm going to look that up real quick, but phenomenal player, amazing route runner, big fan of his. Um, Okay, yeah, just looking here. 11.96 last year and seven touchdowns, 95 catches. That's great production. It's just, he's never going to, outside of A.J. Brown going down, he's never going to finish higher than what he had last year. I don't see that happening. So I think his ceiling is a little bit limited just because of the guy he's competing with targets with. Jameer Gibbs could certainly be a fantasy superstar, especially in a full PPR league. I mean, he could catch... 85 passes this year. I mean, he's phenomenal. He's lightning in a bottle. He'll take it to the house, you know, at any given moment. I'm really excited to watch him, especially tomorrow. I mean, geez, football's back, guys. I can. I'd love it. Um, but again, I like all these guys. Jahan Dotson, very, very good in limited, not limited action, but he missed a handful of games last year. Still scored like seven touchdowns, I think. So he's... I think he's going to have a really good second year, take a big leap. James Cook, I have mixed feelings about. I don't know if he'll ever see a workhorse type of load. I don't know if that type of philosophy is, you know, phasing out of the NFL. But again, could catch a lot of passes, just hasn't shown that yet. You know, it's only his second year coming up, but still. Drake London, same thing. 
wasn't the best offense last year, but he definitely could progress in year two. Um, Toto Gibson definitely will have his weeks, um, but again, could definitely flop a lot of weeks as well. Got Tyler Algier on the bench, a uh, thousand yard rusher last year, but again, it's going to probably take a Bijan injury if he's ever going to see that again. Romeo Dobbs could be interesting as well um, as the second, potentially second target in Green Bay. Jawan Johnson, I like as well. I know he, I mentioned him as a potential starter, you know, him or Laporta, but definitely could see Jawan Johnson in the lineup early on. And as Laporta progresses, um, hopefully the way Shreff wants him to, I uh, could see him in the, in the lineup later on in the season. Again, I really like this team. I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. I just wouldn't expect Shreff to probably make, I, I assume you guys probably have six teams in the playoffs. Um, in this 14 team league. So I wouldn't expect Shreff to make the playoffs year one, but if Gibbs turns into a superstar, um, Drake London and Jahan Dotson take the next step, I really could see him competing in 2024 and, and beyond from there. So kind of a, I wouldn't say punt year one strategy from Shreff, but he could def, it was definitely not a win now type of team, you know, definitely a lot of young guys and um, reasons to be excited for the future. Number nine, I have Mr. Nestro. Uh, he also kind of took a similar approach to Shreff. A lot of young guys in this roster. Uh, most notably at the quarterback position, we have Anthony Richardson, who I kind of talked about a couple minutes ago. Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford. So again, it, it's just, I have no idea what's going to happen with Anthony Richardson, and I'm, I'm excited to find out. I'll say that. Kyler Murray, I don't know what round Nestro got him in, but... I mean, I assume it was kind of late because he's going to miss probably at least six games. You know, I know he's on the IR with four games, but I expect him to sit out even longer. But again, whether that's in Arizona, I don't know. There's a lot of speculation. Are they going to get the number one pick, take Caleb Williams or Drake May? Will they ship Kyler out of town? A lot of uncertainty, but I think he's talented enough where he'll find himself in a spot and an opportunity to be a good fantasy quarterback again. It's you're gonna have to be a little bit of patient with him, but again, I think it'll pay off eventually. Running backs, you're looking at J.K. Dobbins, Rashawn Johnson, Tank Bigsby, Gus Edwards. Not the most inspiring group. I think it's definitely bottom three running back core in this league here. But again, that's not really the strength in which Nestra was going for in the team. You look at these receivers. You got Ceedee Lamb. I mean, he's just gotten better and better each season. He should continue to progress that way. I mean, he's the main target getter in Dallas, and he's probably a top five receiver in Dynasty Startups. Let me have it, have it in front of me in Fantasy Pros. Yeah, they have him ranked third. So, I mean, he should just continue to have another great season, and I see no reason why that won't continue for the next like five to six years. So, see Lamb, great Dynasty wide receiver one. Christian Watson, very strong rookie season. Um, I, w- I certainly wasn't expecting him to play as well as he did. Definitely a lot different with Jordan Love coming in, but I still think he can be a very good receiver. I mean, he had seven touchdowns last year and only started 11 games. So he could definitely see double-digit touchdowns this year if, if Jordan Love plays as well as I think he will. Um, I'm kind of high on Jordan Love. So there's that. 
Jackson Smith and Jigba, I mean, he's insanely talented, just pretty crowded wide receiver room in Seattle right now. I think he probably will. Talent's going to win out, is what I'm trying to say. He, he Eventually, he will get his and be the dominant guy. I just think it may take a little bit. Kyle Pitts, I mean, I mean, everyone was expecting him to be Travis Kelsey right out of the gate, right? Highest drafted tight end ever in 2021, fourth overall to the Falcons. A thousand yards as a rookie, which I believe he's the only tight end, rookie tight end to ever do that. I don't have that in front of me, but I think that is the case. Obviously, year two is definitely really disappointing. Missed seven games, only had 350 yards. So definitely looking looking for him to get to rookie year tight end rookie uh, Kyle Pitts. You know, he only has three career touchdowns, so you want to see that number go up by a considerable amount. But he's still Kyle Pitts. He's still only 22 years old, turning 23 um, this season. So, you know, we got to be patient with him. He's too he's too talented and too good to not progress from here. So Kyle Pitts, still a top three dynasty tight end. Deontay Johnson, a full PPR league. He should see a lot of targets. I know it was the... The big meme last year. He didn't score any touchdowns, but that's that's a hundred percent going to see positive regression. He's going to get in the end zone at least four or five times, catch a ton of balls. So he's a very solid flex or wide receiver three to have. Um, I mentioned Tank Bigsby. I mean, I like him a lot. I think he's another situation similar to Jalen Warren, where I think he's kind of too talented to not see the field in some capacity. And if ETN were were to ever miss time, I mean, he could be a league winner. So that's how I feel about him. Rest of the team, I mean, you got Jaden Reed. He's an interesting slot option in, in Green Bay as well. Um, I know he has Chris, Nestor has Christian Watson here, but um, we I'll, I'll be looking forward to see what he can do as a rookie. Um, but yeah, rest of the guys not too consequ- consequential. Tough word to say. Moving right along. We got number eight. We got Team Horlog. I apologize if I didn't pronounce that correctly. Starting lineup, we got Justin Fields, uh, Travis Etienne, Aaron Jones, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey, David Montgomery, and Adam Thielen. And some notable bench players. We got Deshaun Watson, Brock Purdy, um, MVS, Nico Collins, Tyler Higby. Isaiah Likely. So I think I like his depth a little bit more than the previous teams I kind of just said. So I think that's, you know, something to consider. Justin Fields, I mean, he ran for the second most yards ever in a single season by a quarterback. And I mean, I think his passing progressed in year two, hopefully with the addition of DJ Moore, which he had, Team Horlog has the stack here and Fields and DJ Moore. So that's pretty interesting. Um, I mean, regardless, he's an elite runner of the football, and he should be a very, very good difference-making quarterback. I'll say that. I think he has potential to finish top three this year. If he takes the next step as a passer, continues what he can do with his legs, love Justin Fields this year and going forward. Deshaun Watson, I mean, if you've listened to Hogline, and I guess you can infer as a Steelers fan, uh, I'm not fond of Deshaun Watson to say the least. Um, you know, morally aside, I mean, I still think 
I still think there's putting that aside. I still think there's an argument to be made that, I mean, he didn't look good last year. It's plain and simple. I mean, seven touchdowns, five interceptions, under 60% completion percentage. He just didn't look good. Um, but again, hopefully you're never starting him if you have Justin Fields and he stays healthy. Running backs, uh, Travis Etienne, Aaron Jones, intriguing names. I don't think he can compete with some of the top running back duos in this league, but again, they should be pretty good. Both good pass catchers, so that's definitely a big boost in PPR. And uh, especially the Jaguars, they should be an electrifying offense. So ETNs should see plenty of opportunities um, to score, get some high-value touches. So that's something. Cooper, sorry, not Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper. Uh, very good year last year, and um, I think he can continue to provide solid production. I mean, he's not going to be a top like five receiver, I don't think so, but I think it, he can certainly finish as a low-end wide receiver one. DJ Moore, same thing, very talented. He's been hindered by poor quarterback play for pretty much his entire career, so hopefully... Justin Fields and him can get on the same page and more can take that next step into that next tier of receivers. Mike Evans getting a little long in the tooth, but again, I mean, he's had a thousand yards every year of his career and he's played with bad quarterbacks before. So maybe he can overcome Baker's ineptitude. Travis Kelsey gave everyone a scare a couple days ago when he hyperextended his knee. So uh, team Horlog maybe without him week one. But again, it sounds like he avoided anything serious, so he should continue to be his dominant self. I mean, Travis Kelsey is... He's Travis Kelsey. I mean, there's no one like him. David Montgomery sees himself in Detroit, which I'm I'm actually kind of high on David Montgomery this year. I can't really project beyond, because projecting anything beyond a year or two with running backs is kind of scary. Uh, you never know with the landscape of the position what's going to happen with them. But at least for this year, I mean... Montgomery finds himself behind an elite offensive line in Detroit. Um, and he's going to probably take the role of Jamal Williams, who led the league in touchdowns last year. So I could definitely see Montgomery finishing with double-digit touchdowns and uh, being a very solid flex and maybe even RB2 if uh, injuries find their way to either Etienne or Jones. Adam Thielen, he's pretty washed in my opinion. I don't expect much from him. If you're looking at the bench here, I mean... Quarterbacks are decent bench quarterbacks. I mean, Brock Purdy finished well last year. Um, Nico Collins, interesting. I mean, that wide receiver room is certainly up for grabs in Houston, so someone's got to emerge, hopefully. So maybe it could be Collins. Tyler Higby, I really like as a solid backup tight end. Um, definitely could be playing him week one uh, if Kelsey gets ruled out tomorrow. Isaiah Likely, same thing, and talented guy, but unfortunately behind one of the best tight ends in the league and Mark Andrews. So there's definitely names to plug in um, this lineup if if things go awry. Moving right along, we have the seventh slot. We have uh, TJ. Now, I think, again, this could be another tier break. I think the next few teams, honestly, maybe even all the way up to one, could be classified together, honestly. But TJ, he's got Daniel Jones. At quarterback, um, Brees Hall, Tony Pollard at, at the running back slot, Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, Michael Pittman, 
at the receivers, uh, David Ajoku at tight end, and Dalvin Cook and Rashad Penny in the flex. I really like this lineup. I mean, Daniel Jones really, really unlocked uh, his legs last year. I mean, what do you have? 700 rushing yards and seven touchdowns, I believe. I'm going to fact check that real quick. But, I mean, he really showed what he could do as a runner. And he did, I mean, he wasn't prolific as a passer, but he didn't turn the ball over, which has been the main criticism and knock in his game. So, I mean, if he can continue to do that, he's going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. I know he kind of gets crapped on a little bit because he's, you know, he has some limitations, but fantasy points are fantasy points. They, uh, they don't care how you play in real life, but if you're running the ball and, uh, limiting your turnovers, you're going to be good in fantasy. So I think Daniel Jones, solid starter. Brees Hall had a very, very good start to his rookie year, unfortunately, towards ACL. So he could definitely see a little bit of time to kind of regain his form, but hopefully by year's end, he can be who he was at the beginning of last season. Tony Pollard should just absolutely smash this year. I think he's going to be a top five running back. He's just a very good football player, explosive, um, pretty much can do it all. Dalvin Cook is interesting. I don't know if, uh, I think when you guys did this draft, he hadn't signed with New York yet. So it's kind of funny how that worked out that he signed with the same team that uh, Brees Hall. So he's got two, both the Jets guys. Rashad Penny, I mean, probably won't see much work unless DeAndre Swift goes down. Um, but let's talk about the receivers real quick. Tyreek Hill, I mean, everyone was a little bit, not everyone, I won't say that, but. Myself, I was a little bit worried that he could definitely see a down tick in production when he moved to Miami last year. But, I mean, he probably had his best season ever. So he did not miss a beat. He's still a top three receiver in the NFL. So he's going to continue to be a dominant fantasy asset. Terry McLaurin, I, I mentioned earlier how I was, I was kind of high on Sam Howe. I think he could definitely elevate the commander's offense that, saw Carson Wentz for almost half the season last year, so I think pretty much anything could be an upgrade over him. Michael Pittman, again, I'm still a little skeptical that Richardson can find him in the ball consistently. I mean, he's a talented receiver, good contested catch guy, but I don't think he can create enough separation to be... I, again, I wouldn't expect to for him to post anything better than wide receiver three numbers in terms of fantasy production. David Njoku, uh, solid tight end as well. Probably won't break into the upper echelon of uh, tight ends, but he'll be a pretty serviceable starter in my book. Bench, some notable names. We got Jonathan Mingo, second-round pick for Carolina. He, um, I think he could definitely develop as a solid number one in a in a committee of receivers in Carolina. I know that they're not, they don't have any one too notable there so he could definitely stand out and separate himself from those other guys um kj osborne he's been productive in some in some spots but again he's definitely the fourth passing option behind jefferson addison and hawkinson and um yeah that's pretty much everyone of note raheem mostert actually i mean he's pretty old at this point but it's he's he's pretty much alone in the dolphins backfield i mean Jeff Wilson on IR for the first four weeks. Devon A. Chain is a rookie and definitely will 
take some time to find his footing, but I don't know. He's got an opportunity, so I'd honestly look to sell him if he had a couple good weeks. Probably see if you can get any bites in, in the, on the trading block, but you know, you do you, TJ. You can figure that out. I think that's everyone of note on the bench. I mean, CJ Stroud, I'm, I'm not the biggest CJ Stroud fan, but again, I've been wrong before. I just don't think he's going to have the mobility and the pocket presence. I, I think... I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to go too too much into detail about him, but I have my doubts. I'll just leave it at that. The next team here on my rankings, we have team number six. So we're getting towards the top here. Uh, we have Jack. Now this is an interesting team. Very good starting lineup. Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, doesn't get any better than him. Very good, formidable. Honestly, top three running backs. You got Saquon Barkley, who's a he's a stud, clearly. I mean, he really bounced back last year after having a couple down years with injury. Miles Sanders, who had a really also had a very good bounce back season in 2022. He finds himself in Carolina now, where he should just be the lead guy. I mean, only have Chuba Hubbard behind him. So he should see around 18 touches a week, I'd say. Um, and Jamal Williams, I mean, the league leader in rushing touchdowns last year, uh, definitely has an opportunity right out of the gate with Kamara's suspension. So I still think he could be good even when Kamara comes back as a, as a nice little compliment to him. So I think that's a very formidable running back group for sure. Wide receivers, we're looking at Debo Samuel, Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, Tyler Boyd, and Sky Moore. Um, got Chase Claypool, Jalen Hyatt on the bench. It's not the best group. I mean, I'm just scanning the rest. It's probably bottom three, four in the league. Debo's pretty solid, but again, I, I think it's another situation, not as dramatic as Michael Thomas, but where we're going to be all chasing that one good season where he had. Um, I, I don't think ever he's going to... Part of the reason why Debo was so prolific, I think that was two years ago in 2021, was because of the rushing touchdowns that he saw. I just don't think he's ever going to see any anything close to that for the remainder of his career. So I I I think he'll be a little bit overvalued considering that. Mike Williams, still pretty productive when he's on the field, but he has missed some time. And Christian Kirk was really, really good last year. I mean, everyone was clowning that signing Jacksonville made when they signed him to a big contract, but he backed it up. I mean, he had over a thousand yards, did really well. Clearly he's going to lose some work. Uh, with the addition of Ridley, but again, still could be a, a solid wide receiver three. TJ Hawkinson, I mean, he really flourished in Minnesota, um, and he's still really young. I mean, I think he's, what, 24, 25? I'm going to check that real quick, but I mean, he's, uh, he's a top five tight end in my book, so yeah, he's, uh, he's actually 26, but he just turned 26, so love Hawkinson. And uh, going back to the bench, I mean, Jalen Hyatt, I think he fell a little bit in the draft, so we'll see. Again, I think I've said this a few times, but this is another receiving core that needs someone to step up, and why can't, why can't that be the rookie? So I, I wouldn't be surprised, but um, we'll see how that shapes out. Chase Claypool, I mean, he's kind of third on the pecking order in terms of targets with Darnell Mooney and DJ Moore, even Cole Komet could, you know, see his way into the mix. So I don't know what to feel about Chase Claypool at this point. Um, 
you know, still relatively young for the most part. So maybe he could have a resurgence, but not too optimistic about that. Um, Zeke, I, for, I forgot to mention Zeke. Zeke's in the mix here. So I think Zeke is washed. I, I'm not too, I don't think he'll have much of a role, but um, he did have a lot of touchdowns in Dallas last year. So maybe he could retain some goal line work. Overall, I mean, you know, you got the star power in Saquon and Mahomes. I think that will carry Jack to at least being competitive year one and be right around that playoff mix in the wild card spots. Number five, we got Ryan. Now, speaking of star power, I mean, Ryan's got it. Got Jalen Hurts at quarterback, Christian McCaffrey at running back, and Stefan Diggs at receiver. I mean, you know, that's locked and loaded, at least for McCaffrey. He's a top three option at running back. Jalen Hurts, top three option at quarterback. And Stefan Diggs, probably not top three, but he's not too far behind. Probably top five. So, I mean, that's a really good trio. And even beyond them, he's got Joe Mixon, who, again, getting a little bit up there in age in terms of running back years, but he should have pretty much every opportunity that that he'll need to be a solid RB2, maybe even a low-end RB1. Jerry Judy, I mean, he kind of broke out towards the end of last year, um, but, you know, he's kind of dealing with some injury concerns right now, but hopefully by mid-season he could be where he was at the end of last season. Alan Lazard, I think this is going to surprise some people. I'm very high on Alan Lazard. I think the Jets are desperate for a second guy outside of Garrett Wilson, and I think I I don't think, I believe, and I know, I don't want to say I know, that sounds like I'm, you know, that sounds too cocky, I don't want to say that, because we don't know anything, but Alan Lazard, I think he can step in and be that number two guy in New York. I mean, we all know Rodgers is kind of picky, and, uh, you know, it's the whole thing that he doesn't like the young guys, he he wants guys that he can trust, and I think that's Alan Lazard, he's been productive, so I, I think I don't know if this is a bold take. I think Alan Lazar could finish with nine to 10 touchdowns this year. So I think Lazard's a fine wide receiver three. Pat Fryermuth, very solid. Probably will be a top six to eight tight end for the next five years or so. Um, depth on, on Ryan's team. I mean, we got Darnell Mooney here in the flex. Uh, don't know what to expect out of him. You know, he's been banged up the past couple of years, so hopefully he, he's he's a talented receiver. But again, I, I, I want to see him return to that um, as he works his way back into the fold. Kenneth Gainwell, I mean, he looks to be the number two back in Philadelphia, which, again, behind that offensive line and with that offense, that still could be a valuable role. Evan Hole, you know, not a big name, but with this Jonathan Taylor IR stint, and potentially being shipped out of town, maybe he can find an opportunity there. Kendra Miller is a, another prospect I was really high on. I think he's kind of a do-it-all back and um, can be really good. Receivers, I mean, you got DJ Chark, who probably the second, or he could be even be the best receiver in Carolina. I don't even know, but we'll see how the target distribution works out for Chark there. Um, John Mechie hasn't played a snap yet in the NFL, but um, again, it's kind of another wide open receiver room. So it could be Mechie. I don't know. 
overall, I mean, this star power, this team is really going to carry Ryan and assuming they're all healthy and good to go. I, I would definitely, I, I can firmly say that I think Ryan will make the playoffs, um, health permitting, which again, that's the caveat you could say with any of these teams. Number four, we got Doug. I mean, this is another team. I mean, you got three studs at three to the same three positions as Ryan. You got Justin Herbert, who honestly struggled a little bit last year, but I don't think that's his fault. I mean, his receivers were really banged up. Still had a good year, but he could, there's a whole other level to him, which is scary to think about. Austin Eckler, who all he does is score like 16 total touchdowns a year for the past like two or three seasons. Caught, I think he caught over 100 passes last year, which I mean, that probably will regress, but he's still like, I mean, he's going to see. Yeah, he had uh, 107 catches last year. So I don't think it'll be quite that much, but he's still, in my opinion, a lock to see 85 catches if he's healthy for the majority of the season. So he's an absolute stud. I mean, he's going top three in redraft right now. And, uh, Clearly, Justin Jefferson. He's the one-on-one in any format you can play in. He's as good as they come. He's the best fantasy football player in the league right now. And he probably will be for um, pretty much as long as he's playing. So, I mean, it's got to feel good to have Justin Jefferson. I'm not fortunate enough to uh, have him on any of my teams. But uh, I imagine it's a good feeling. just, Just knowing that's a safe, solid 20 points at least every week. So... Congratulations on having uh, the best player in the league in terms of fantasy. Rest of the team, I mean, the depth is a little concerning. I mean, you got Dallas Goddard, who's a really good tight end. I think you you can't complain there. Juju, don't know what's going to come of him in New England. That offense looks kind of like a mess. You got uh, Khalil Herbert, who he probably could be the guy early on, but I'm I'm a little... Dared that Ro- Roshan Johnson will kind of overtake his job. Um, you got OBJ, which again, I don't know what to expect. To, we can expect too much from him now at this stage in his career. I really, really, actually looking at it here, two guys I really like in his bench here for Doug's team. Zay Flowers. I think he's a great prospect. I think he's going to kill it. I think he's going to break the stereotype of that receive why um excuse me baltimore receivers aren't good for fantasy i think he's going to overcome that and he's going to be a very productive receiver for years to come and van jefferson i mean i know he hasn't done too much in his career but he has an opportunity on a team that's going to need to throw a lot they're going to be down in a lot of games the defense isn't very good and uh i'm i'm kind of scared the cooper cup's going to miss a lot of time I mean, Jefferson could be the beneficiary of that, but he could be a nice little plug-and-play wide receiver three um, for the time being when Cup misses time. Overall, I think the star power puts Doug over the edge, and I think he'll be right in the mix for the playoffs as well. Top three. We're almost almost done here, but uh, Jeremy. Got Jeremy at three. This is, uh, I think Jeremy has the star power, but also a little bit more depth uh, compared to Doug and Ryan. That's why I had him one or one to two spots higher than them. Got Josh Allen, a quarterback who, if it's not Mahomes, it's Josh Allen, who's the best fantasy quarterback in the league. I mean, 
He's a better runner than Mahomes. He's going to take more chances with his legs. Um, but Josh Allen, he's a stud. I know people can get a little concerned with the in- interceptions that he threw last year, but I think a little a part, not going to say a little bit, but a main part of that was his UCL injury that he sustained halfway through the last season. So before that, he was on a, almost a historic pace. So if he can return to that, which... I have no reason to believe why he wouldn't. I think he's going to be a very, you know, he's going to be a difference-making quarterback for, you know, the next seven, eight years. So he's, Jeremy's locked and loaded with uh, Josh Allen there. Josh Jacobs, I was a little initially worried about, as a lot of people were. But once he signed his contract, in, uh, at least for this year, solidified himself as uh, the workhorse that he was last year. So I see no reason why he can't, pretty much do what he did last year. I mean, he was the, he was the rushing leader, so should have another fantastic year. DeAndre Swift uh, has always been a pretty good receiver, especially in PPR receiver <laughs> has been a very good running back, especially in PPR leagues when he's been healthy, but that's been the main thing. He hasn't really been able to stay healthy too much throughout his first uh, three years in the league. So hopefully a new home in Philadelphia, he can stay fresh. Um, and he's got a real opportunity. I mean, that's the best offensive line in football and, you know, finds himself in a really good offense. Speaking of the Eagles, A.J. Brown, I mean, he really took off with Jalen Hurts when he got traded to Philadelphia last year. Um, and again, health permitting, he's a he's a top five receiver. He's just He's just that good. DeAndre Hopkins, I'm definitely interested to see how much he has left in the tank uh, signing with uh, Tennessee. So I I think he still at least has another year, maybe even two in him. So I think for a team like Jeremy, who's definitely a win-now team, I think he's a good player to have in the lineup. Quentin Johnston, not a big fan of his as a prospect, but again, he's a first-round talent, and uh, I think the Chargers will definitely utilize him. I mean, we, we saw last year how you know, um, thin they were, especially with all these injuries to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but he should regardless definitely see opportunity as the season goes on. Evan Ingram had a really good year last year. Um, we know, we all know Doug Peterson loves the tight ends, so he's going to continue to utilize him. He'll probably be a mid to low tight end, um, in terms of fantasy finishes at the end of this year, Gabe Davis, didn't really build on um, his 2021 season, especially that playoff game when he had four touchdowns, which everyone was hoping he would kind of progress, but didn't really do so. Um, still kind of inconsistent, but I still have uh, optimism for Gabe Davis. I think that, you know, the Bills as a whole, I think a lot of people have a sour taste in their mouths um, when it comes to the Bills because of how they finished last year. But uh, I think they're still going to be a pretty prolific offense. So I think they'll be good to go. Dalton Kincaid, I mean, he was another first-round pick, and uh, it, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out of the gates, you know, firing. I know it kind of goes against the uh, rookie tight ends don't do much narrative, and it's not really a narrative. It's pretty much proven in fact that they take a little bit to develop, but maybe Kincaid can be different. But again, his his long-term prospects are definitely very encouraging. We got Elijah Mitchell on the bench, which I still think he's going to... I don't want to say he's going to have standalone value because Christian McCaffrey is 
he's a guy that commands a lot of touches, but again, McCaffrey, he stayed healthy last year, but you know, I don't want people to forget how he was definitely labeled as injury prone for last year. So Elijah Mitchell is a guy that could definitely be a, he's a league winner. If, if, if he's the lead guy, I mean, he's, he's been, he's been productive when he's given the opportunity. So that's um, something to note. I think he could definitely be a good bench running back. Um, Tillman wide receiver for the Browns. I think he could definitely see some opportunity. I wouldn't expect much this year, but I think in 2024 and beyond, he could definitely be someone who we're looking at, um, at least being in the flex conversation. Michael Gallup, um, especially one year removed from his, um, one season removed actually from his ACL tear, which is typically when we see guys, um, regain their explosion. So I think Michael Gallup could, I'm not going to expect too much from him, but I think he'll out, at least outperform his redraft ADP. I'll say that. I think that's pretty much it of everyone note on, uh, Jeremy's bench. But again, I really like that starting lineup and, uh, Again, A.J. Brown, Josh Allen, Josh Jacobs. I mean, you know, that that's a very formidable trio. I'll say that. The second team, which when I first looked at these teams, this, this one really stood out to me. Um, and the reason why I didn't have him number one, I'll get to in a second, but... I have John here at number two. I'll just read you this starting lineup real quick. We got Tua, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Pierce, Amon Ross St. Brown, T. Higgins, Chris Godwin, Darren Waller, Cam Akers, Brandon Cooks. I feel like with 80 to 90% of the lineups I've read so far, you're, there's at least one guy in there you're like, ugh. I don't know. I don't think he's going to get more than like five or six fantasy points. I think all of those guys could be double-digit PPR fantasy point per week players. I mean, I think so. I think honestly, this may be the most well-balanced team in the league. You don't have names like you don't have the Christian McCaffrey's and Justin Jefferson and. Austin Eckler's, but top to bottom, I mean, this team, I don't know if this is going to be a hot take when you guys discuss these power rankings, but Tua was playing like an MVP candidate when before he kind of got concussed, which I know that's the thing with him. But again, I didn't even mention the bench yet. Kirk Cousins, very good backup to have. I know Tua is kind of a risky play quarterback. Kirk Cousins is a safe quarterback, at least for the next year or two. So I think John will definitely get by with serviceable quarterback production. And then the running backs, they're not going to blow you away. Ramondre Stevenson, fantastic year last year. I was completely off of him, but he proved me 100% wrong. And I mentioned before, but I don't think Zeke's presence is going to really threaten him too much. Now, if the Patriots went in and got Dalvin Cook, I'd be a little bit more concerned. Zeke doesn't really concern me. So I think Ramondre is going to be locked and loaded to what he did last year for the most part. Damian Pierce, another guy that had a very formidable rookie season just the eye test i mean he was his agility his jukes his tackle breaking ability very very good um and again people i feel like a little bit freaked out when they signed 
Devin Singletary, but again, I think in this case, at this stage of their career, Damian Pierce is a much more talented running back than Devin Singletary. Um, I mean, Pierce was pretty much the lone bright spot in the Houston offense last year, so I think he can have a similar year that he did last year, which I think he was posting mid to high RB2 numbers. And then he gets the receivers. I mean, Amon Ra is going to be he's going to be a PPR stud this year. I mean, I think Amon Ra is going to catch like 115 passes. Um, and I think he's really going to further solidify himself as a, as a top five fantasy asset. I mean, he's that good. And um, I'm lucky to have him on my main dynasty team as well. So he's, uh, you know, with the sour news and Jonathan Taylor and Cooper cup. Um, I'm Amon Ra is my saving grace. I'll, I'll leave it at that, but got T Higgins who, if he was on any other team besides Cincinnati, pretty much he, he would be the wide receiver one. That's not true. That's not what I meant to say, but he's the best wide. he, him and Jalen Waddle, unless I'm forgetting someone are the, they're the best two wide receiver twos in the league. Um, but Higgins, you know, he plays like a low end wide receiver one in fantasy. So, you know, great second receiver to have Chris Godwin. Again, I know I'm a little nervous about the, the bucks offense, but again, if he's healthy, he should be very good, especially in PPR, nice, safe check down option for, uh, Baker Mayfield to look for Darren Waller. I mean, he's in New York now. He should definitely see 90 catches i mean they have no one else to throw to really so i'm really excited for what darren waller can do this year he has also missed i think 10 games in the past two years so he's definitely missed a lot of time getting older i think he's 31 now so he'll definitely need to prove to us he can stay healthy but if he's on the field i mean he all reports in preseason and training camp have been very encouraging for waller so i would expect big things from him not too high on Cam Akers, but again, opportunity. I mean, he's the only back there, so he's that's the name of the game most of the times with run, with running back. So there's that Brandon Cooks, who's still a little long in the tooth, but again, good offense, um, and still should be somewhat productive, and definitely could slot in there in the flex or wide receiver three during bye weeks and injuries. All that to be said, I also really, I mean, John also has Zach Charbonnet sitting down there on the bench, which second round pick, highly regarded prospect. I know Ken Walker's still in the mix. That could be messy, but he's a guy that could really pop off. I mean, he's a first round rookie dynasty pick this year. And just to have him on the bench, I mean, I think uh, that's a, that, that's that's good. I mean, this starting lineup, I, I just said, was very well balanced. Having him stashed on the bench, not too much else down there. I mean, I mentioned Kirk Cousins, very formidable backup. Greg Dolchich um, had flashes last year, so hopefully for his sake he can build upon that. But overall, I just really like this roster, man. It's so it's not going to blow you away with the star power, but again, I think especially in a larger league, depth is so in, important at this point. So. I just think, John, very interesting strategy, but I like it. Um, so that's it. 
Our number one team. We got David. Now this team is is the definition of win now. And I think for for good reason. I mean, if you look at this lineup, I know people are going to say, how can you have the number one team with a quarterback room of Jordan Love, Ryan Tannehill, and Russell Wilson? I I don't know if you guys caught it earlier on, if you were listening, but I'm pretty high on Jordan Love. I think he's going to be very good. And even if he isn't, I mean, I think at least one of these guys will provide serviceable numbers. But that's all made up for by the rest of the team. I mean, you're looking at it here. Derrick Henry, he defies father time. He's just going to be good. And I just, I don't see him dropping off. There's certain guys that just are anomalies. And he's him. He's literally him. I mean, he's just, he's so good. And uh, he's just going to continue to be that way in my eyes, at least. Najee Harris, people can definitely criticize him if they want. but the reality of the situation is the Steelers aren't going away from him anytime soon. I'll tell you that. I know I love Jalen Warren just as much as the next guy, but Najee Harris is going to continue to see 15 carries and a handful of targets a game. The volume is going to be there. He's a good back. I think the offense as a whole is going to improve and Najee's going to, he's going to be, I mean, I'm looking at it here. He's probably the best RB two in this league. Maybe Miles Sanders, but Maybe DeAndre Swift, but no, I don't. Brees Hall, but Najee Harris, great running back. Also, on top of that, I, I'm skipping down to the flex here, but Alvin Kamara down there. I know he's suspended for three games. And when you guys did the startup, drafting Kamara was more risky, and I think it paid off in terms of he could have had a six to eight game suspension, only was three games. I think David dodged a bullet there, and Kamara is going to be very, very good. He's definitely going to perform his redraft ADP. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, I didn't even get the receivers yet. I love these receivers, man. Devontae Adams, he's just, he's unreal. I'm just going to go down the list and redo his stats every single year for the past like five years. It's just ridiculous. I mean, starting with 2018, 11. Sorry, 111 catches, 1386 yards, 13 touchdowns. Then the next year, he only played 12 games, but he still had 83 catches, 997 yards, and five touchdowns. Year after that, 115 catches, 1374 yards, 18 touchdowns. Then 123 catches, 1553 yards, 11 touchdowns. Then he loses Aaron Rodgers, goes to play with Derek Carr, and all he does there, 100 catches, 15, 16 yards, and 14 touchdowns. This guy, even though he's entering his age 31 season, is quarterback proof. I don't care if Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing him the ball. He's going to get 100 catches, 1,400 yards, and 12-plus touchdowns. I mean, that's like his floor at this point. He's just ridiculous. And leading a very formidable wide receiver group, we got Jalen Waddle, who I was just singing the praises of. Um, I mean... Hard to find a better two-year start to an NFL career than Jalen Waddle. I mean, maybe Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, but outside of them, I mean, you're looking at a guy who just had nearly 1,400 yards. You know, he's going to get seven, eight touchdowns a year. So he's just very good wide receiver too. George Pickens, I mean, in a Matt Canada-led offense where Kenny only threw seven touchdowns last year, George Pickens 
ended up with four of them and still at 800 yards. If that's what he did last year, and with all the additions the Steelers made in 2023, George Pickens is going to smash this year. And having him as a wide receiver three, maybe even wide receiver four, I didn't even get to the next guy yet, is just very, very good. Tyler Lockett, man. I mean, I don't think there's more of an underrated receiver in the league. I mean, all this guy does is every single year, it's like, oh, he can't do it again. Let's draft him as the wide receiver 32 in redraft leagues. And then he get, goes out and gets like, he's like wide receiver 14. That just happens every year. And no one learns from it. It's the same thing every single year. I know they just drafted JSN, but again, Tyler Lockett is is the guy until proven otherwise. And there's been no sign of that. So, I mean, he's caught in at least eight touchdowns and had a thousand yards in four or five straight seasons, I think. And he's just ultra productive and having him in the flex spot is just a huge advantage over most of your teams where the flex spots are a little bit weak. So, I mean, that's the best two flex spots by far. I mean, on the bench, you got even Elijah Moore, who I'm still optimistic for. I know he had a disappointing 2022, but he's in Cleveland now. He's the solidified number two option, and I think he's going to be really solid as well. Um, I forgot to mention Derek Carr in the quarterbacks, too. Not that that makes too much of a difference, but you know what I mean. Tight ends, I mean, I didn't mention the starters, Dalton Schultz. That's okay. I'm really high on Jake Ferguson this year. I think he can really step up and find himself in the tight end one conversation in terms of top 12 finishes this year. Michael Mayer, very, very good prospect. Um, and certainly a, a, an opportunity there in Las Vegas. But um, that's my number one team. I think David is certainly built to win this year. I mean, if we're doing these rankings next year, maybe it could little, look a little different with these guys getting another year older, like the older guys like Adams and Henry and whatnot. But that's a scary team, man. That's a good starting lineup. I caught my eye. I'll tell you that. All right, boys, that is the power rankings. I hope you enjoyed. I definitely prefer doing this over writing it out. I just was taking too long writing it out. So I just decided to knock it all out in one swoop here in the podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Best of luck. Again, please, please don't be offended if you were towards the bottom of this list. Very hard to do. Um, but I hope you enjoyed. Good luck. Football is back. And let's stack those lineups, boys. Make a run. <laughs>